0: Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Well, Hello. Welcome back to Magical Theory Podcast. I'm Prof Lynette. Orr, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Winston is beneath us beneath, beneath the beneath. table.
0: Bopping into our feet. Yeah,
1: he keeps booping. A little boop monster.
0: A little feetsy mm-hmm. What's going on with you?
1: Mm, I don't know. I'm like <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs>
0: Yeah, till Sunday. I don't
1: want to work. I don't want to do anything. Uh, Can we just be?
0: not
1: we just be on vacation yet? Mhm. I have a an 8 a.m. meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then a meeting after that.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: And then finishing things that I didn't <sighs> finish last week. So, <laughs> going good.
0: It's going to be a good Monday.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Just He'd another so. manic. Ma- Jeff is it's just gonna hour. get all
1: of the copyright strikes while we're you know at the intro.
0: <laughs> I don't agree. It'll never happen. It'll
1: never pick up. Now they'll be like, "Excuse me, I'm gonna take." No,
0: that was a perfect rendition. The
1: revenue from your tiny, tiny podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, it is ours now. Oh, moi. <laughs> uh
1: Yeah. What about you?
0: Ah, yeah, feeling similarly. You
1: had, you made some, or you didn't make them, but you decorated some sugar cookies. Are they all gone?
0: Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's just straight up sugar.
0: It was like it was sugar so cookies much sugar. with the
1: frosting, with sprinkles. Yeah, so much
0: butter and sugar. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, I guess what other kind of cookies are there?
0: <laughs> you know, none that are mattering. I like the you know, like chocolate cookies, like brownie cookies with peanut butter oh. things in them. Those are good. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, whatever, any cookie. Welcome, but to they the all have podcast, sugar and butter. The so baking it podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Regular day, regular week.
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing exciting in our lives.
0: No, why would there be? It's 2020.
1: <laughs> it's almost the end.
0: Anyhoo. of Anywho, I mean,
1: we watched SNL this morning. That was that was fun. Somewhat of a you know our regular funny. thing, but it always makes me sad because there's going to be a break, and then and the reason why shows do breaks is because. Ideally, people are traveling or with family uh-huh. or doing things, mm-hmm. all the things that we cannot do
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. in this life. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, <laughs> enough of that sadness. Okay, why ready. Should we ready. talk about the, the sadness of Harry Potter? <laughs> one's one's ready. ready.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Turn to page 233, the Patronus. Today's lesson is called Chocolate and Souls.
1: Oh, Souls. Wow.
0: <laughs> yes, a sen-
1: He is fine, as long as we don't look at him. Do not look at the Dark Lord, Winston. A
0: synopsis. (laughs) The Dark Lord stands with his feet against the chair. Oh, he has switched chairs. He's Uh... on my chair now. The chapter begins with Harry still frustrated that Hermione got his new Firebolt confiscated. The rest of the students return from holiday break as Harry begins private lessons on the Patronus charm with Professor Lupin who it turns out was friends with Harry's dad at school. The spell proves to be very challenging and requires Harry to focus intently on a happy memory to power it. Eventually, he does make good progress on the spell and feels more confident about his next confrontation with Dementors, despite learning about their cruel kiss that consumes a person's soul. There are mysteries surrounding Hermione's coursework, which seems to be immense and impossible, and there is drama unfolding in the Hogwarts Quidditch season just as Harry's Firebolt is returned to him. Finally, we find Neville talking about having written down the passwords to the Gryffindor common room as Ron discovers blood, a missing scabbers, and Crookshanks fur in their room
1: that was the part i was waiting for i was like neville 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 (laughs) also i glanced back because for the viewers who are watching our faces uh there is a dementor little statue that i think i pulled right behind us (laughs) but i was like no it's fine we'll just leave it back there (laughs) yeah so the patronus charm Hmm. i have some facts about the patronus charm i don't know if you looked up any
0: I knew you would look that one up, so no, I didn't.
1: (laughs) It's basically the name of the chapter. You gotta (laughs) look it up. Okay, so the majority, the majority of witches and wizards are unable to produce Patronuses. Mm
0: -hmm. That doesn't surprise me. And so to
1: do so is a mark of superior magical ability. That kind of makes me Mm. sad, though. Although, how many times are you gonna be facing a Dementor? But going back to the previous chapter, we were talking about Azkaban. And like the Dementors being there, that kind of (laughs) sucks. If a majority of witches and wizards aren't able to produce a Patronus, like you can't really, well I guess you can't really do anything in Azkaban anyway. It's not like you have your wand or you're trying to defend Mm. yourself. You're just kind of trapped in the prison there.
0: I wouldn't have guessed that it was a sign of magical ability. I would have thought it would have had something to do with an inability to have sort of like a singular focus or attention on Mm. something. You can't really get distracted
1: well it's interesting you say that I'm gonna skip down because um and I think this question has come up a lot in a lot of like Reddit threads or just forums in general about um can a dark witch or wizard conjure a patronus if you're seeking to mm-hmm. focus on a happy memory. And that's it's it doesn't it's you might think that it's correlated, but it's not. And so part of um a defense, I guess, a defense mechanism is to be able to have that ability or to be able to protect yourself, even if you are a dark witch or wizard. And yeah, that doesn't we surprise also me. know that Dolores Umbridge casts a Patronus. Sure. We talked about her Patronus. Honestly, it
0: doesn't surprise me at all.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a common question that people Yeah, in it's the an interesting asks. one. But um,
0: I, that's like the search for a marker of like who is good and who is bad. But right, right. It's kind of some of the point of the story of like Voldemort mm-hmm. not really being reasonable in terms of like comparison to anybody else in yeah. any of the story.
1: Uh, some witches and wizards may manage an incorporeal <laughs> And Jeff was helping me practice my pronunciation yeah. earlier. Patronus, which resembles a mass or wisp of silvery vapor of smoke. We saw that as Harry was learning there's just like stuff popping up mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: Lupin makes a comment and says oh like a true patronus would protect you, but we haven't seen that just right. yet. Right. Um so there is a distinction of, or there's like leveling so there's like which is wizards who cannot at all And then this like middling that's like, okay, it's not, it doesn't take a form, it's just kind of wispy. Mm -hmm. So that is something, but it's not a true Patronus and uh, it can give limited protection, but it can't provide the defensive power of the- Can
0: can I toss out a questioning of whether it is a mark of somebody's like innate power in the fact that like in the fifth- Story. It seems like Harry successfully gets essentially all of the people in Dumbledore's army to cast corporeal ones.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because there was a, so this was from the article in Wizardingworld.com and uh Lupin I think is mentioned specifically because of a a desire to cast one that it's is an incorporeal form. Hmm. Because the actual form would give too much information away about him. okay for Lupin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. so uh
0: interesting. I'm not
1: sure there there were like little details about like so like the ability to cast a particular form is something that is I think pretty unique and. Interesting. I don't know if the there was any like specific mention of a Witcher wizard, but there was. um, So one of the sections was about predicting what kind of form your Patronus might take because you don't know until you cast it, and it takes a form. So, and also we also know that forms can change over time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, So this person, (laughs) an eighteenth-century researcher of charms, professor. Catalyst Spangle there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> set forth certain principles that are widely accepted as true for like predicting the form, but there's not really a reliable system. Okay, hit me with them. So basically, um, <laughs> Spangle asserts that the Patronus represents uh, a hidden, unknown uh, aspect necessary within the personality. So that's why, like, some of the Patronuses we know in the wizarding world kind of fit you, like, we know or we we see what it is and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I can mm-hmm. see it. Or often, like, we'll see the most common forms are dogs. What was it? Dogs, cats, and horses, I think, were mm-hmm. the list of the three. Um, and there's a quote here. It is my firm belief that such a Patronus is an indicator of obsession or e- eccentricity. Oh, my. Uh. <laughs> Here is a wizard who like may not goat. be able to hide their essential self in common life, who may indeed parade tendencies that others might prefer to conceal. Whatever the form of their Patronus, you would be well advised to show respect and occasionally caution towards a witch or wizard who produces the Patronus of their choice. So that he's kind of, kind of like, hey, I don't know, if you can do that, then whoa, buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the most common are dogs, cats, and horses. There are some that are very rare, but not unknown. Uh, Alpatronuses are unusual, e- even though, you know, they're prevalent in the wizarding mm-hmm. world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, most uncommon mm-hmm. are magical creatures such as dragons, thestrals, and phoenixes. And there's like some other fun facts there, but there's. Um, yeah, there's a lot with Patronuses that are hmm. personal, obviously, because you know yeah. you have to conjure a type of memory. And I like how, I mean, here he is, what, thir- or 12? He's 12 years old. 13. 13 years mm-hmm. old. <laughs> and uh, just walking how is through it his it head. A mere
0: boy of 12?
1: Of thinking about you know, a happy memory. Mm-hmm. He's like, Quidditch, you know? Quidditch mm-hmm, winning the match or mm-hmm. Quidditch winning the cup or and mm-hmm. then it's like okay no like think think of something and something that I wrote to myself was what would be a strong happy memory I I don't know if we've talked specifically about memories on this podcast Are before. you asking me what memory? Well I'm not asking memory. you to reveal but I'm asking <laughs> you, I was um uh, you know rhetorically to yeah, myself yeah. I guess yeah. thinking what would that be and oftentimes it's because so i know that we have talked about like oh remember when we lived in michigan or remember when we da 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 mm-hmm. and but there's something that is like obviously over time the emotion attached to a memory is very fleeting for me so i'm i can't relate like i'm not relate yeah, like, i remember it. but it's like okay cool you know <laughs> and so i was thinking about that as i was thinking about harry searching his mind trying to think of like what would be like lupin's telling me to find a happy memory to focus on and it's also kind of like the psychology of it of like you're focusing on something and then because you're focusing on it it kind of like fleets away anyway
0: so it's
1: just an interesting concept to think about
0: yeah it definitely is i don't have a lot of faith that i would be able to do this yeah could just because of the way my memory works, like,
1: well, I wonder then if so. For the majority of witches and wizards who can't conjure a patron or the patronus charm, what is it? Is mm-hmm. it like the connection to the emotion? Is it, yeah, memories specifically itself? Like, do mm-hmm. you need to have something that is so drastic? I don't know. Like, of of the people who can, <laughs> and cannot.
0: finding out he's a wizard, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, yeah.
1: I also in the oh man this this chapter really hit me. So one of the things was that Harry's memory. So we we've seen him be affected by the Dementors hearing the scream, mm-hmm. but each time it reveals like just a little bit more. And this right. time he hears his dad for right, the first right. time, and I was just like, wow, like it's wild that well he's like an infant, like a little. Chunk of <laughs> of baby, <laughs> and to have this be
0: just meat and bones, <laughs> yeah, just like
1: unfolding, and it to affect himself. It's it's just a lot to take in if if you're not only the purpose of the Dementor is to make you relive like your worst memories ever and have that fear and everything, mm-hmm. or, or however you want to think about it, uh, but to for it to be kind of unfolding like a story is kind of. It's a lot to think about. Yeah, one
0: thing I looked up was like we knew from an earlier chapter and podcast about Boggerts and what they do. And this idea that the boggart can mimic this power of the dementor really stands out to me as quite shocking. Mm -hmm. That, like, it can cause Harry to have the same reaction. Yep. Even I find that very that shocking. Yeah. I find it very shocking. And yeah. so it makes me wonder about like oh, what it actually is, what the Boggart actually is, yeah, and its relationship to things like poltergeists and and dementors. Yeah. Because supposedly Boggarts are immortal or amortal because they're never they're alive, living. but they can't be destroyed even. They just can be driven out, but they'll always come back.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like it's part of just the fabric of existence that's right. and it channels things that
0: are already. But to me, inside it feels him, like those types of things are somehow interconnected and that's why this mm. boggert can do more of like what a Dementor can do than it seems to me like it should be able to. Obviously that judgment call is bizarre and un- yeah. like doesn't make any sense. But to me it's like how could how could this boggert which is essentially a shapeshifter that just mm-hmm. takes the form, but it also inhabits some of the powers. Like That's wild. Yeah. Because then you're looking at like the difference between a, a full moon, which yeah. has no danger <laughs> involved, and a Dementor, essentially, a Dementor, yeah. capable of doing this. Could it do a Dementor's Kiss? Who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: something that's always stuck out to me is like this is so weird to me like I've, I've actually never liked the scene that with the boggart harry hears his mom and his dad for the first time his dad for the first time like i don't like that it's with the boggart it doesn't make any sense to me yeah i think it just serves the plot point of like having harry talk about his dad in front of lupin but mm-hmm. that's where i that's where i'm at
1: i had never thought about that before
0: I've never have liked it. Mm -hmm. It feels like Boggarts shouldn't be able to do what Dementors can do. But again, this is just me. Mm -hmm. Clearly they can, but it just always felt a bit off to me for some reason. I didn't feel like that was...
1: Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to... Okay, I was going to reference Hogwarts Mystery, but it's actually, I don't even need to re- reference Hogwarts Mystery. I'll just reference the earlier chapter we had where Lupin basically freaks out when Harry, like, or the Bogart turns to Harry because he thinks that it's going to turn into Voldemort. Right. So going back to your question of, like, well, what would happen? Right. Like, could it? could it actually do any harm or or have you know right. like what what does that even mean
0: well there was a debate on reddit and one post that got a lot of upvotes that, that still doesn't make any sense to me is like oh well if it turned into lord voldemort that th- what bogarts do is assume fear they cause fear and the claim was that the dementor form wouldn't cause fear so it would need the powers but voldemort would cause fear so it wouldn't have to be like voldemort it was bizarre and not accurate post but it was kind of related to that idea but yeah like if it took the form of Voldemort would it be able to cast spells mm-hmm. now we're talking <laughs> what about, about Snape the calamity in Wizards Snape. Unite <laughs> yeah. well what
1: if it's all bogarts? we've talked
0: about it a lot right because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot going on with memories and Bogarts yeah, 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 yeah. and all sorts of stuff yeah I mean very related to Bogarts and memories yeah yeah so weird
1: uh, Lupin... So it could
0: be part of the whole same fabric. Of yeah, like, yeah. Well, how is this possible? You know,
1: maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe it's just an unsolved mystery. This is mystery. all about Lupin. <laughs> uh, Lupin is so sketch in this chapter. <laughs> he's
0: just really so
1: sketch. Well, just like he's very short and very kind of like I don't know. Yeah, he seems very twitchy to me. Would, or mm-hmm. that's how I envision him in my head, just being like, yeah. <laughs> Where Harry's like, oh. So you, you have knew, some chocolate. Have a butterbeer. You knew my dad? Oh, that means you knew Sirius Black, and he's like, "What? What? <laughs> mm, hi, uh, uh Yeah." So Snape,
0: Snape. <laughs> Snape. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Lupin has to be in such a weird position.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, of all of the people who should have told Harry about Sirius Black, it should have been Lupin. Yeah. I don't under I mean I get that like they don't really know each other but it's like he- Lupin knows who he is relative to Sirius and yeah. Harry's dead. and it's like how could you possibly want Harry to find this out separate from you telling him
1: so as you're talking this is totally not related or in the Harry Potter universe at all <laughs> we were watching um uh- Star Wars, bushes of love, the bad lip <laughs> oh my reading. Gosh. So I was thinking, well, because when you started talking about Lupin and Harry and like, like basically the the relationship and decision making of like what to say or what not to say, I was thinking about Obi Wan
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's that's where my totally, mind Totally, yes. <laughs> uh, Harry also is just a bundle of emotions in this chapter. So now I'm thinking about like if that also makes this bugger like really intense but like he even the mention so like the broomstick the broomstick situation still being investigated his firebolt is still being searched it given back to him. not yet not yeah, not, not, at, not at this point that i'm telling a story <laughs> so uh whoever it is was it oliver or was it ron Suggesting, oh, you should—it must have been Oliver, right? You should put an order for Nimbus two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Malfoy has, or the broom. Yeah, and has. Harry's like, He's I'll so never do petty. something that Malfoy so likes. Petty. And I'm like, what? You
0: think Malfoy doesn't like the firebolt?
1: Oh man, <laughs> so I had that, and I was just like, oh my gosh, Harry, calm down. And then, like in the next paragraph or two or the next page, it was Harry, like in his mind getting angry with himself because he's guilty about his secret desire to hear his parents' voices. And it's just like, oh, this child has so many emotions and things happening surrounding him (laughs) and still doesn't even know the true story of what's happening. you want to know a
0: a little more detail about the Firebolt? Sure. I think you might have read some of this before, but this is all I looked at. (laughs) The Firebolt is capable of going from not to 150 miles per hour in 10 seconds. Uh, Pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The broomstick also boasts an unbreakable breaking charm mm-hmm. Superb balance and precision And hovers at reasonable mounting height when let go By 1994, the Firebolt was the fastest broomstick in the whole world mm-hmm. Even though the competitor Thunderbolt 7 Can attain speeds yeah. that rival that of the Firebolt series Many experts feel that it has sacrificed safety for speed <laughs> Indeed, during the 2014 Quidditch World Cup even though professional broomsticks are supposed to withstand all bludger hits, the tail of Nigerian seeker Samuel Ikwano's Thunderbolt was smashed off by a bludger shot hit by Japanese beater Hongo. Kind of neat. Yeah. The handle is made of polished ebony, once mistakenly listed as ash in an advertisement, and the twigs can be made of either birch or hazel depending on customer preference. Birch twigs offer more oomph when ascending, while hazel provides more precision in turning. The metal parts of the broom are goblin-made ironwork, a first for a broomstick, which increases stability and power in adverse conditions and prevents slippage on the foot grips. Every firebolt includes a golden registration number.
1: Ooh, very nice. I don't know if uh, you mentioned the 2014 Quidditch World Cup, and I don't know if they're ever going to put that back on Wizarding World but on Pottermore there was a whole series, it was like a whole page of like Daily Prophet, um articles about mm. Quidditch because Ginny's like part of it and mm-hmm, Rita Skeeter's mm-hmm. also part of it. She's like stirring up drama of like between They about, hate each other. Yeah, about Harry and Ginny. <laughs> it's like Rita, chill out lady. <laughs> Come on. But I hope they put that back up because that was, it's just like another part of the world like Quidditch is such a big deal and so, to have like Oh no! I always love fake. Well, in the world, it's real, but to us, it's fake, mm-hmm. <laughs> fictional <laughs> newspaper articles. Um, yeah. Uh, the the next section that I have for, in terms of quotes is like the Dementors kiss specifically, and what Lupin says about it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's interesting because Harry's just like, "Oh, they can kill you," and he's like, "Oh no, oh no, sir, <laughs> it's worse than that." Uh, so he ends up saying you can exist without your soul so like the idea is that the dementors kiss sucks out your soul and harry thinks that that means dying and he's like no you can still exist you have a heart you have a brain but you'll have no sense of self
0: anymore it will happen to somebody in the series of the stories
1: no memory no anything there's no chance at all of recovery you just exist as an empty shell and your soul is gone forever lost and then Harry's like, okay, in his head, he's thinking, I regret asking about this.
0: <laughs> like,
1: it's pretty dark stuff. And I think that I mean, that's the point. It's supposed to communicate very dark stuff. And it's interesting because, like, um, so I'm gonna get a little personal here. So, like, the only time that I feel in my life that I've felt something that is as like bottom bottom as this is when I was dealing with lupus at the beginning and I had to go on medication and I, it was just like, just that whole initial part where, you know, it's hard to explain when you don't, you don't feel like anything or you don't feel like a person like that. Saying the words out loud, like makes sense. And like, even now, like not being in that mind space or that physical space uh, it's it's not a big deal to say it but it's it's just so hard to express or explain that um, I think that for people who have experienced some semblance of this like to what degree or however you connect to it I mean a lot of stuff especially with art is like connecting to emotion or connecting to like you might not have the exact same experience as someone else but you can relate through some other means and so I think Mm -hmm. that just even if it's like a brief description as like you know, out there as it sounds like people can. Re- I think this is why it's moments like these that when you reread the series or certain books or whatever, and you have like a different relationship with it, depending on what you've experienced, like at that point in your life or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a going back to like we've previously talked about. I mean, we also talked about in this episode about Bogart's Dementors. Mentors. The kinds of analogs they serve in in like a metaphorical sense, but that's also very real for people yes. to experience.
0: There are precisely two things worse than death. One is the Dementor's Kiss, and the other is Hermione getting expelled from Hogwarts. Hermione.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's going through some things oh, here anyway. Man.
1: Yeah, Well, this kind of calls back a little bit to me to the first book, when she's not real, this is like when she's not even really friends with Harry and Ron yet and yeah. they're like, they're doing their like duo thing and she's just kind of in the corner. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that a little Going bit. Going to the
0: library, and even though there's like, like oh. only 11 students. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And she didn't, she didn't explain what was so obvious about Lupin and why, <laughs> why he's sick.
0: Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, come on, guys. First of all, you should have figured yeah, it out did, already. They
1: didn't even apologize. And second really. of all, yes,
0: you guys are being jerks. Stop.
1: Harry he said, maybe we should apologize. And they're like, yeah. And they never did.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> come on, kids. It's OK to say you're wrong and you're sorry or you were right or fine. We'll just get past it.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, and then the other segment, so I don't know. I feel like I was like really focusing on all of the the range of the range of emotions, but in the sense of like there it's like a lot of anger and sadness and angst and frustration in this chapter. Um and so after Lupin explains the Dementor's kiss and then he's like, Oh, that's what's gonna happen to Sirius Black because the ministry approved it, which I'm like, ministry <laughs> Whatever, whatever, it's fine, I guess. Um, and then Harry said that he that he Serious Black deserved it, mm-hmm. and Lupin responds, "Do you really think anyone deserves that?" And it's so it, like this sort of thing is interesting again because if we're thinking about like uh, punishment or like what fits the crime, you know, mm-hmm. or having it be a proportional response, mm-hmm. um, and thinking about something that is so terrible mm-hmm. but is as we characterize worse than death right um ha- like does does anyone deserve that like mm-hmm. a, as a question to consider well it's
0: interesting also to consider like um do people know what it actually is mm-hmm. you know there's a scene actually in the practice a long time ago a tv show that's somewhat similar about the death penalty and like witnessing it or, or mm-hmm. not mhm I don't know, it might have been Boston legal, but yeah, it's similar to like, because Snape eventually says like, it's almost supposed to be unbearable to witness. Mm. And You'd think like, if people witnessed it, they might stop doing it. In fact, they might stop teaming with the mentors, but you know, what do I know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. One's already. ready. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: last thing I'll say, because right, I only have one more mm-hmm. note. I don't know if you have anything else. No, I don't. For a very, very, very brief moment,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we know this because we know the story and can pick up on it. But Neville, Neville, something that it's like it's just written in there in passing of like, oh, like it the the focus seems to be like, oh, Harry and Ron are coming back to the common room. And then we we have this scene with Neville. And what's really fascinating to me is that it fits with his character. Everything we know about Neville is just like, oh, you know, shrug of the shoulders, like nothing to see here. This is just Neville. (laughs) Clumsy, insecure Neville. He can't even remember the passwords anyway, and he lost them. You know, there's nothing to it. Or how it or that's how it seems. And I just like that because it's not, it doesn't take up a lot of time at all. It's like, no, yeah, it's like one two. page. Yeah. The whole scene is like <laughs> yeah. one page. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting ending. It's like a drastic turn because really, like, nothing is actually happening in the chapter, really. Yeah. In terms we're of just like, just
1: waiting, basically. Yeah. It's
0: just some stuff waiting going for on. the
1: firebolt. The firebolt got resolved.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, learning the Patronus charm, so, but without any sort of conclusion and Hermione's semester. mystery without any conclusion. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Crookshanks has eaten Scabbers. <laughs> Story over.
1: <laughs> Bye, my friends. All right.
0: Until next time.
1: Until next time.
0: Wine's ready. ready.